This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. The first week we talked about the Lord um, is my shepherd. We did a, an overview uh, kind of of this passage where Psalm 23 lands uh, before 24, after 22, and all that it means there. We talked about the Lord is my shepherd. We asked the question, is the Lord your shepherd? And then second question, is the shepherd your Lord? Uh, the second week, we then talked about, I shall not want. And that phrase, and uh, obviously, God does not want us to want for our physical needs, the food, the, the table, uh, that we, the, the food on the table, roof over our head, uh, transportation. But a lot deeper than that, it's that I shall not want another shepherd. And I, I, if you miss anything from this series, I hope you don't miss Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Uh, and that is the full sufficiency that we have in Christ. And I hope that you're there in your life that if God stripped away everything and just gave you Jesus, would he be enough? We talked about our spiritual provision, the green pastures and the still waters. That was kind of a preview of the green pastures, the word of God, the still waters, the spirit of God. I kind of hinted that at you and then we hit it really hard this past week. But green pastures and still waters are provision that God gives us. And then we talked about restoring our soul. When we go off into sin, he goes and gets us and he leads us down righteous paths. Uh, when our soul needs to be restored, he will go, he will find us, and he will take us down those right paths for his name's sake. And then the last two weeks, we've been in that, that verse that talks about valleys. And we talked the first week about walking through valleys, how they're inevitable, how they don't discriminate, uh, how they, they're temporary, though, praise God. Um, and we talked about that, and then last Sunday, we finished that verse, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And we talked about the rod being a symbol of the Word of God. And when we're walking through those valleys, the Word of God needs to be, become near and dear to us. And I fear, because I know it's the truth, uh, in our human nature, when we go through a bad time, a negative time, a valley in our lives, oftentimes we pull away from the very things that we need to be clinging to. Does that make sense? A lot of times, you know, we may have been in, in the Word of God and reading His Word, and we may have been, uh, you know, it's in study, and then we go through a tough time, and for some reason we pull away. But we need to pull closer too. And then we talked about the staff as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about if we can, if we're walking through our valley, if we want comfort during our valley, we need God's word, but we need God's spirit. And we need his spirit. And, and I don't want to down, ever downplay the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a figment of our imagination. He is God in the spirit form living and indwelling us. And it's very important that we understand that thy rod and thy staff, thy word and thy spirit, they comfort me. As we've done each week, we have recited Psalm 23. By the way, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Jeff is going to be closing out our Psalm 23 series on the 31st, next Sunday, Christmas Eve. Really want you to be here. we got a, a different service plan. We're going to have more chairs in here because we're going to have the kids in here with us next Sunday. The kids 
five and up are going to be in here uh, with us next Sunday. We're going to be singing Christmas carols. Uh, we're going to have a good time. We've got a couple of special uh, music things that are happening. We're telling the Christmas story. It's going to be a great, just a family atmosphere next Sunday. And so I want you to be prepared for that. But the following Sunday, 31st, Jeff is going to be closing out this series in Psalm 23 uh, with that last verse. But let's, let's read uh, this passage together. It'll be on the screens for you. Let's read it out loud. If you know it by heart, try to say it by heart. Don't cheat. All right. And so we're going to try it. You ready? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today's verse is verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Heavenly Father, speak to us this morning. God, illuminate your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would be led by you today. I pray if there be portions of the scripture that may be difficult to understand, God, that your spirit would uh, open that, open our eyes and open our hearts to it. I pray today that we would leave here uh, different than the way we came. We would leave here with knowledge of your word that we didn't have when we came. And God, I pray that we would just sense your love and your care for us. God, remove any distractions uh, from the stage today. God, I pray that my personality would not be a hindrance to your word getting into the hearts of the hearers. God, we love you today, and we thank you for loving us. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. I mentioned the last two weeks we've been talking about the valleys of life. And I don't know about you, but I, I needed that. I needed that. Um, some of you have told me through uh, text messages or phone calls or meetings that we've had over the last couple of weeks that you really needed that. And I want to encourage you, if you didn't listen to the last two weeks, you can do so uh, on our podcast. And I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe on your way to work, just pop in, your, in the podcast and listen to it. But I've been, I've been encouraged by the Word of God as we learned about the shepherd's care for the sheep through the valley. And we've talked about those things. One of the truths that I brought out, I believe it was both weeks, but I know at least one of the weeks, was that on either side of a, mount, of, of a valley is typically a mountain. Because what makes a valley are two mountains and there's an in-between. And I want to think through that. I want us to notice Psalm 23 because it does just that. We talk about the, the green pastures the still waters, the Lord being our shepherd, mountaintop. And then we go into, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We go into that valley. But then let's look at the transition into our verse for today. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. We're back on the mountaintop. And, and, and I love how this psalm kind of shows us the cycle of life. We have good days, we have bad days. And then we'll, you know what? We'll have another good day. Or we have good days, weeks, months. We have bad days, weeks, months. And we'll come back. We bounce back. The cycle of 
life. This verse 5 talks about the shepherd spoiling the sheep. Verse 5 talks about the shepherd going above and beyond and serving the sheep. Today's sermon I'm calling the serving shepherd. The serving shepherd. Because that is exactly what this verse portrays. is a shepherd who goes out of his way to spoil his flock. A shepherd that goes out of his way to fully take care of his flock. I don't know if you're a parent like I am a parent, but if it is in my budget, Lord help, if it is in my budget, I like to spoil my kids and I make no bones about it. My daughters, we went this week to Target and uh, it had nothing to do with buying them anything, but my daughters found two stuffed animals that they couldn't live without. One of them was a penguin that's about this tall. And his name is now Winter. We now have Winter the penguin living in our house. Um, But you know what? It was within my means to do so. And I love my daughters. And so I did that for them. I think if you're a parent in this room, you understand that innate desire to take care of your kids if you can. uh, To do that, to spoil them. I know my mom, bless her heart, she still spoils me. If I am coming over to their house and she's cooking, you can better believe there's going to be green bean casserole on that table. You know why? That's my favorite. I love it. I'm a, I, it's amazing. I'm not sure why, but it is just, it is my thing. There's going to be chips and salsa in the house if I come, I promise you. You know why? Because even at, when I'm 35 years of age, my mom still likes to spoil me. That's just the way it is. Um, and we serve a heavenly father. We serve a shepherd that, no, he doesn't just give us everything we want, but he, he spoils us. He likes sometimes to show off his goodness and his mercy in our lives. And there, we have a picture of this in this verse. And today, I'll be honest with you, it is nothing flashy. It is nothing sensational. We're going to legitimately look at those three phrases in this passage, the grammatical breaks, and we're going to find out what they talk about. And how they apply to our lives. Number one, I want us to see this morning the careful preparation of the shepherd. The careful preparation. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, I want to connect the dots here. Because the story is told of the shepherds back in this day. And remember, keeping in context, this is David the shepherd boy Pinning this, So he was a shepherd. He understood what he was talking about. So he's talking about a shepherd and he's talking about sheep. So back in that, in that day and time, uh, the, the shepherd would prepare what is called the table land. I believe that phrase is used in some old hymns and, and went on the table land. And what that is, that is a, a land that he prepared ahead of time for his flock. He knew the the route they would be traveling and he knew the hills and the valleys and the difficulties and what he would look for is he would look for a plateau, a land that was that was easy to maneuver, uh, a land that was free from enemies and free from uh, predators and he would prepare that ahead of time. He would make sure that there was uh, good grass, green grass that would grow there. He would make sure that it was just right and ready for the flock of sheep that would be coming through. So he would prepare that table land ahead of time, carefully for his sheep, knowing that his sheep would be going through the valley, knowing that his sheep would be right, maybe on a ledge, maybe in a dangerous spot. 
And he would make sure that he would locate this table area free from danger, rich with grass and food for his sheep. This would require him to plan ahead and to be prepared for this. It didn't just happen. The shepherd didn't just walk around and leading his flock in the moment and go, oh, right up there, everything's taken care of. Sometimes he would have to clear things out. Sometimes he would have to level the land out. There would be a lot of work that went ahead the, ahead of time for this table to be prepared before them. It, that phrase, in the presence of mine enemies, it would need to be free from predators. So whether it would be a fence that would get put up or barricades that would get put up in different areas, he would do that so that when those sheep were in that table land area, it was prepared for them and none of their enemies or predators could get them at that time. And it was just an, and it's an amazing thing that a shepherd would do. To put it in our culture today, obviously we think of a, a table, at least when I think of a table, I think of a dinner table. The shepherd, uh, it's putting it in our culture, would, be, would carefully prepare the dinner table ahead of time, making sure the meal was just right. He would not go to Walmart or the you know, food line or just a plain regular grocery store to get this filet mignon, but he would prepare ahead of time and he would locate the best butcher in the area. And he would go and he would get those steaks cooked, uh, cut exactly the way he wanted them. Not too thick, not too thin, exactly the way he wanted them. He would, ahead of time, he would maybe call you and ask you, hey, how do you like your steak prepared? Listen, you all ready for the poll? Because I'm going to judge you based upon how you answer this. I'm just going to tell you right now. We're judgment-free zone until we talk about how you like your steak cooked. All right, uh, how many of you are medium rare people? You guys are all Christians. Welcome to the joy of the Lord. These folks, I'll still claim you as Christians. How many of you like it? Medium little bit of pink. All right. Okay. Okay. Now you're teetering over here. I'm questioning some stuff. How many of you like medium well? Don't, don't, oh man, we got one, two. All right. And now there's no hope. How many of you like well done? Oh my goodness. You guys might as well order a hamburger. Man. So anyway, mine takes, I, maybe it's because I'm so hungry. I want it to cook really fast. So I, medium rare. It's quicker. Uh, but uh, I love it, man. God made cows with blood, and I, man, it's good. It is good. But you know, he, the, the, the host, the shepherd, would find out how you like your steak cooked. He would get that filet cut just right, making sure the hors d'oeuvres were, were just right for the beginning, the appetizers, and the side dish to complement the steak. Remember, my side dish would be green bean casserole. But to top it off, he would bake just an amazing dessert just to take it over the top. And he would do all of that. He would invite not other shepherds. He would not invite the dignitaries of the land. He would invite sheep. Sheep. Those that were quote-unquote beneath him. Those that he quote-unquote ruled over and he led. He would invite the sheep to the dinner. Undeserving sheep. Sheep that were not worthy to sit at that table. He would pull the chair out, fluff the napkin, make sure the, the, the silverware was just right. He would get them their favorite beverage, and he would escort them to their assigned seat at the table. That's to put it in our culture. A shepherd would do that for the sheep. And here's what God does for us. You see, when we're coming out of a valley, we have to understand that there's a mountaintop 
prepared for us. There's a table land that has been prepared for us. And I'm not a health and wealth preacher. I am not the guy that says, if you love Jesus, he's going to take care of every little thing in your life and you're going to be rich. And it's not that you're going to get a new car. You're going to get multiple new cars. You're going to have to figure out what color you want. You can get a couple of them in case one of them gets old. I'm not that kind of a, a preacher. But I will say this. If I'm going to be honest about the valleys, I think it's only fair to Scripture that we're honest about the mountains. And we do serve a God this morning that likes to spoil his sheep. We serve a shepherd that loves his sheep. We serve a savior who loves his people. And that's what God does for us. He serves us, the undeserving and the unworthy. He serves us. He spoils us. He takes time to carefully prepare things in our lives that only he can do. And he loves to deliver them right when we need them. Oftentimes, that's right out of a valley. It's right out of a valley. He loves to come through when people don't think he can come through. He gives us blessings that sometimes we don't even comprehend. He gives us blessings that we don't even realize he gave us until we look back. But that God that's with us in the valley is that God that has already prepared that table land for your future. Once again, I am not trying to be that guy. I am trying to be true to Scripture. That God has you walking through negatives and valleys, but God has positives and tablelands and mountaintops prepared for your life. And you say, I don't know when that's coming. It doesn't feel like it's there yet. Hey, listen, at the end of the day, the worst case scenario is you have the ultimate mountaintop awaiting you, and that's your eternity with Jesus Christ. The ultimate mountaintop. Imagine what he's done for us in providing, preparing that table for us of an eternity with him in heaven. But God spoils us. I cannot fathom that the God of the universe, the God that spoke this world into his existence, I cannot fathom how that God, that God plans out individual specific blessings, gifts, provisions in my life. And not only in my life, but he also thinks about my wife and the special things that he does in her life. And my two daughters, a, a seven-year-old and a, a nine-year-old, that he plans that out. And, and for each one of you and each one of your family members and each one of your coworkers, he plans detailed blessings in our lives. James 1.17 tells us this, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no vari variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift. Man, his gifts, his blessings, they are good and they are carefully prepared for his sheep. For some of you, God, you may be in that valley but what you need to understand this morning is while you're in that valley, your heavenly father has already prepared the mountain. He's already prepared the tableland. And you can rest tonight. You can go to sleep tonight. You can breathe easy tonight knowing that even though I'm still in the valley, my table is being prepared or it might already be prepared for my future. In fact, we haven't seen it come to fruition yet, but that's okay because your heavenly father sees, he knows what's coming up right around that bend and you don't know what it is. You don't know what's going to happen this week. You don't know what's going to happen next month. 
And what you might think is a bad thing might be God turning the corner in your life and there might be a table land prepared for you right on the other side of that bend. And I want to encourage you today in your valley to keep walking through your valley. Please, keep walking through your valley because you don't know when that valley is going to turn into a mountaintop. Keep walking because, because we have a shepherd this morning who has carefully prepared the next step in our lives. Just stay close to Him. Just keep walking with Him. He's got a table prepared for you. And this is the cool thing. In the presence of your enemies. He doesn't even care what anyone else thinks about what He's about to do in your life. He does not even care that your coworkers are going to be frustrated maybe if you get that promotion or your raise. That's okay. God is looking to do something in your life specifically this morning. So we see the careful preparation that the shepherd makes for the sheep. But secondly, this morning, we see the spiritual anointing of the shepherd. The spiritual anointing of the shepherd. Thou anointest my head with oil. That was very proper, right? If I was really Durham, thou anointest my head with oil. Right? So uh, I said oil just so that, you know, some of you might not be from here. And anyway, oil, though, has a great significance throughout Scripture. And there's a lot of things that represents. We're not going to get into a ton of them. Uh, in 1 Kings 17, however, we find the widow's oil in Elijah's day. Verse 13 says this, Then Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go and do as you have said. But first, make me a small loaf uh, from it talking about these jugs, and bring it out to me. Afterward, you may make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty, and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. Then the woman, Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The flour jar did not become empty, and the oil jug did not run dry until the, according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Elijah. Anointing with oil. The same oil that was the miracle-working oil in Elijah's day. The oil of our Heavenly Father is an everlasting oil. His cruise is never dry. His oil jug never empty. His anointing is always ready and is always available. His mercies, the Bible says, are new every morning. Anointing oil was used many times in the Old and New Testament, but none more significant than Aaron's anointing as a priest in Exodus chapter 30. Bible says this, you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them or set them apart that they may serve me as priests. And you shall say to the people of Israel, this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. But here's what I want you to see. It shall not be poured on the body of an ordinary person. You shall make no other like it in composition. It is holy. And it shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it, whoever puts any of it on an outsider, shall be cut off from his people. Here's the thing about being anointed with oil. Is that it should not be poured on just anyone. Oil was not something that was just thrown out at someone. Oil was not like, oh, I just met you. I'm going to anoint you with oil. It wasn't that way. 
It's kind of awkward anyway, right? Uh, but, uh, but it was not that way. Oil was, was for a specific person, reason, and it was usually ordained only by God himself. Especially in the Old Testament. Oil was reserved for a person of importance. Oil was reserved for someone who mattered. Oil was reserved for someone who was served by the anointer. It was reserved for just those people. Jesus himself was anointed with oil on a couple of occasions. Remember the woman in Bethany at Simon the leper's house? She, the Bible says she poured oil on Jesus' head, showing no regard for money, no regard for her possessions in her service and her worship of the Savior. Even was challenged by those people like, hey, you just wasted. But she poured that out on his head. What about the sinful woman who anointed Jesus' feet in the house of the Pharisees in Luke 7? Man, nothing would have got them more angry than that, the Pharisees. Anointing and, and just uh, breaking her oil over his feet. Oil was placed on a person of honor. Oil was placed on a person of importance. And it was placed on someone for honor and a person of importance by someone who, who sought to show that person how much they were worth. I want you to think about that as it relates to your shepherd and you, his sheep. God anointed the head of the human. The shepherd anointed the head of the sheep. I'll just think about that. The symbol in Psalm 23 is the shepherd anointing the head of the sheep. It is holy, righteous, perfect God Almighty anointing the head of sinful human flesh. What was he doing when he did that? He was placing honor on the sheep. He was placing importance on the sheep. He was placing honor on us humans. He was placing honor on us sinful flesh. He was showing honor to us. To us. Sinners. And He was seeking to show us our worth. And our worth that's found in Him. How undeserving I am. How undeserving you are. That the shepherd... Jehovah Jesus would anoint your head with oil. He would show you and tell you that you're valuable. And this morning, if you're in, in this room and you struggle with your self-image, you struggle with confidence, let me say this, you serve a God who loves you, you serve a God who values you, you serve a God who is in love with you, you serve a God who wants to bless you, anoint your head with oil, and show you just how valuable that you are to Him. And at the end of the day, that matters so much more than what your boss thinks about you. That matters so much more than what your spouse thinks about you. That matters so much more, uh, teenager, young person, than what those kids at school think about you. The fact that God would stoop to anoint the head of a human. The fact that the shepherd would stoop to anoint the head of the sheep. To show value. To show worth. Let me tell you something, you are no less or more valuable today than what God thinks and says you are. And he, you are so valuable 
Let's bring it all out on the table. You're so valuable that he would give up his only begotten son to die for you. Man, a holy God would look at me a sinner and he would anoint my head with oil. And by the way, guys, I'll be honest, we're not even scratching the surface on the symbolism of the oil and what it was. And we're, there's a lot more Holy Spirit stuff there that we could get into. And I, just for sake of the study this morning, I'm not. But let's just say it is an amazing thing when God would anoint one of us. I mean, he's done it. He's done it. How undeserving we are, but we have seen the careful preparation of the shepherd and how he's prepared that table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then we have seen the spiritual anointing, anointing our heads with oil. But lastly, I love this part. The overflowing provision of the shepherd. My cup runneth over. My cup runs over. This morning, we don't just serve a God that fills us to capacity, even though that would be awesome. We serve a God that fills us until we overflow. Let's look at it like this. John chapter 10 and verse 10 in the New Testament says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life. Man, that would be awesome. Jesus came to give me life. I just want to live, exist. Thank you, Jesus. But he didn't stop there. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, Psalm 22, lays down his life for the sheep. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. God didn't just want to bless you. God doesn't just want to bless you and fill you up. God wants to fill you up abundantly to where it's overflowing in your life. I don't know if you've been there. I don't know if you've been around a Christian that it just felt like they were bubbling over. It felt like they were like all smiles and you really believed it. Like, you know, I've been around a lot of people that are all smiles. I'm like, yeah, you're fake. Uh, but, uh, but people that are all smiles and the joy of the Lord is all over them. And you know it's real. You know what that is? That is the blessing of God in their life that has not just filled them up, but has overflowed in their life. Abundant living. The shepherd wants his sheep not to just exist and live life, but he wants them to live life to the full. Abundantly. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Amen. But the great shepherd, Psalm 23, that we are studying about, rose again so that we may live victoriously and abundantly in this life right now. You don't have to walk around down in the dumps, frown on your face, looking at the negatives. You don't have to do that this morning because you serve a God who loves you enough to fill your cup and have it overflow. There's nothing worse to me than going somewhere, especially when it's not free refills, which is a whole other thing to talk about. But when you go somewhere, or you know you're taking it to go, right? You're in the drive-thru, and you're like, give me a, and, and you shouldn't do this. I, won't, I don't do this. I'll, I'll Give me a large water. That's what I'm going to tell you, because that's what I do. I don't want to lie to you and say sweet tea. I've tried to give that up. Let me get a large water. Okay, sir. And sometimes you're like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be 25 cents for a large. Okay, whatever. But then I get it and I see it. You know, you can see it. Sometimes the sun's hitting it just right. And there's like that much in the top left. 
Come on, man. I'm about to pull away from here. Like, and I'll do it sometimes. I'll open up. Can you go ahead and fill that the rest of the way up? Or if I'm really, I'll like drink some of it while they're getting my food. Hey, can you, can you make sure that's full? You know why? I would rather them hand me a cup that it was overflowing because that's what I want in my life. I want all that water or all that sweet tea or whatever you drink. I want all of it than to have that two inches of empty at the top of my cup. Now, you still got water. You still got water. But you didn't get it to the full. And you know what? In our Christian lives sometimes, we have life. Hey, Jesus saved our soul. Praise the Lord. We have life. But we're not experiencing it to the full. We're not experiencing it to where it's overflowing in our lives. If you were in the shepherd's fold, the shepherd's savior's flock this morning, let me say this, you can live life to the fullest. If you are in the care of God Almighty, think logically with me this morning. If you are in his care, then there is no reason to worry, to doubt, to despair, or to fear. He has you, John 10, 30, in the palm of his hand. John 10, 31, his father also has you in his hand. No one can pluck you out of that hand. There is no reason today to live in worry, to live in fear. There is no reason to live in despair because he has you in the palm of his hand. And he doesn't want you to just live life. He wants you to live life abundantly. He wants to provide for you above what you could ever ask or think, the Bible tells us, he is in the business, just like I as a parent are in the business of spoiling my kids, he's in the business of spoiling us spiritually. And I want us to be ready to, to accept that. I want us to accept that. You say, oh, that just sounds feel good. No, we need to preach that to ourselves. We need to teach that to ourselves. We don't need to wake up every day down in the dumps, negative, negative, negative. We need to wake up every day thinking, hey, God loves me. Hey, God chose me. God wants to work in my life. God has great things planned for me today. You know what? God wants to bless me. Here's the problem. You say, man, that sounds good, Josh. Praise the Lord. You know, amen. We don't clap yet. We're going to become a clapping church one day. We don't clap yet. But, um, you know, it's like, that's really good. You know, awesome. But how does that work in my life? And I'll tell you where it, this is a practical truth. I'll tell you what I fear hinders him overflowing that cup in our lives you know what i fear i fear that our cup is already full sometimes i fear that we filled our cups with everything we want our life is a cup he wants to fill it and overflow but i feel like we we filled it with all of our desires we filled it with all of our money we feared it we filled it with all of our once we feared it with filled it with all of our relationships we filled it with all the things that we want and when he wants to come uh, pour that blessing on our lives we're so full of everything else and maybe this morning the practical takeaway from you for you needs to be hey i'm going to take this and if we own this building i would do this i'm going to take my life and my cup I'm just going to empty it. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to pay for whatever water damage we do. But I just want to empty this. I'm going to pour it all out. And God, I want you to fill. I want you to come in. Because when you fill, you fill to overflowing. You fill to overflowing. I heard a, I heard a, a pastor friend of mine say, hey, listen, when God fills your cup, 
and it overflows, you can live just on the overflow. Uh, you can be that guy that's just like drinking that overflow. And that's the way I want to be in my Christian life. That's the way I want you to be in your Christian life. Maybe today the decision you need to make is to empty yourself of yourself. To empty yourself of all your preconceived notions. To empty yourself of your pride. To empty yourself of the sin in your life. And allow Him to overflow your cup. I'm here today to give you hope. In a world where we want to fill our lives with everything and anything that the world offers, we have a shepherd who wants to fill us up with his spirit until we overflow. And what we need is a church of people that says, hey, God, I'm going to remove all of my stuff out. And God, I'm going to accept that hope that you want to give me. I'm going to accept that overflowing goodness you want to pour out in my life. We need a world full of Christians. We need a church full of Christians who are overflowing with God's blessing and God's spirit. They're living on the overflow. Man, my cup, I want my cup to be so full of Jesus that I can't even fit anything else in it. You ever, you ever filled up your cup so much you can't fit an ice cube in it? Because if you put an ice cube in it, it's going to go over. Usually we don't do that. Usually it's our kids that do that, right? right? On the carpet and all that good stuff. But you ever done that? That's the way I want my life to be. I'm so full of what Jesus is doing in my life. I'm already overflowing. I can't even put an ice cube in there. Hey, I want to skip out on this, or I want to uh, adjust this relationship that I have with God, and I want to cut that back a little bit. I can't do it. I just can't do it because I'm full, and I'm overflowing with Him. This morning, I am so glad that you and I serve a shepherd who prepares for life after the valleys. I'm glad this morning that we don't just serve a God who is with us in the valleys, but we serve a God who prepares us for life after the valleys. What an amazing God. What an amazing shepherd that he would go ahead of us seeing the dangerous uh, terrain that we had just walked through and seeing the valleys that we had just gone down, but he would prepare for us a table. He would, as we maybe come to that table, he would anoint our heads with oil, showing us our value and how much we are worth to him. Hey, we were worth saving. We were worth dying for. And then he would just fill our cup until it overflows he honors us by anointing our head and He fills us with His Spirit until we just cannot contain it and it overflows. This morning, I think there's one of two things that need to happen today. Either number one, we need to have a group of people that have filled their lives with a bunch of junk and garbage and they need to pour that junk and garbage out and allow Him to fill us up. Man, there's nothing better than some nice ice cold water. Mm-hmm. Verified. And we need to empty ourselves. God, take my desires, take all of my wants. I want to be filled with you. And then number two, we need some Christians who are there. Man, God's really working. God is really there in their life. And we need to acknowledge it. We need to get happy about it. We need to be bold about it. We don't need to worry about it. We need to lift our hands in worship if we want to. If God pushes you, go ahead, let him come up. We need to tell somebody about him today at lunch. We need to tell somebody about it tomorrow as we go to work. We don't need to be ashamed. 
We need to be Christians that become comfortable with God working in our lives and Him overflowing in our lives. We need to tell our face every now and then that God is working and God is filling us up. And we need to live that life abundantly. We'll finish with this. I decided about four or five years ago probably that I had one life. I had one shot. At that time, I was 30 years old. You got, man, you're never going to be 30 years old again. I know some of you are older than me, and you're like, all right, dude, chill. Uh, but, uh, but you're never going to be 30 years old again. And I, at that time, I had two younger daughters than what I have. And hey, guess what? You're never going to be able to be a father to those two girls at that age ever again. You're never going to be able to fill in the blank at this age ever again. And that might seem morbid. Sometimes I, I think that way, and it's probably not, the, to be honest with you, it's probably not the best for me sometimes. But it does help in my spiritual life a lot. But I think about that now I'm 35. Just to be really morbid, I feel like I'm halfway there. But, um, but uh, you know, that's if, that's if God's being nice. Uh, but I thought about that. And I made a decision about four or five years ago. If I'm going to do this thing, if we're going to live this life, then I'm going to live it with no regrets. I'm going to do this thing. If we're going to drive down the interstate, then I'm driving down the interstate at 110 miles an hour then. If we're going to play this game, if we're going to do whatever it is, then I'm in it to win it. I want to do this. Hey, if we're going to plant this church, I don't want to just plant this church. I want it to be overflowing. And I'm not talking about just numbers. I want it to be overflowing with God's spirit and with the love of Christ. And I hope it's getting there. That's what I want in my life. I made a decision that I didn't want to live life. I wanted to live life more abundantly. And I wanted to live in those tablelands. I wanted to live with God anointing my head with oil because he loves me so much. I wanted to live in that truth. I want to live in that overflow. And this morning, that's what I want for you. Listen, I don't know where you're at in life. I don't care where you're at in life. But you need to do some introspection maybe and say, listen, I'm never going to be here again. You will never be this age at this stage of your life ever again. That's not the way it works. And you know what? You need to live an abundant life from today forward. I don't care if your situation's good, bad, ugly. I don't care. From today forward, I'm going to live in the abundant provision of my shepherd. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over on the other side of your valley he's prepared some amazing things heavenly father we love you this morning this has been the preaching podcast from keystone church and pastor josh cox for more information about keystone church visit keystonerdu.com please subscribe to hear future messages thank you